Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The thing that sort of resonated with me more is how even in you know high school it looked like he was forty years old. You know, it's you know that's it's like oh my god, how you know how old is this guy? And then then you see him play, and it's like it's like he's playing against children out there. You know, <laughs> and you know, I actually met him. I saw him at a bar. It's like. Um, mm. back in 20, that had to be 2014. I was talking to him, like, yeah, I saw you, you know, you punched down that bucket there during the game. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm <pretty> drunk. <laughs> These are the tales of college basketball past as you've never heard them before. Our guests tell stories blending team seasons, on and off court moments, memories of personal fandom, catastrophe, and elation, and yes, alcohol. I'm Jeremy. I'm Matt. And I'm Pat. We do the work, you tell the story. These are the College Basketball Stories. I'm Brett Ludwizak, and I'm going to tell you the story of the 2006-2007 Ohio State basketball team. Yes, love the, ch- love the chug beforehand. <laughs> might, might as well just open a new one here. Before yeah, before. right. What is the drink of choice today? Well, there's actually is a build-your-own six-pack. Nice. So I got like three three beers from Land Grant Brewery, um, and then a couple other, couple other ones too, like um, one from Cleveland area. Nice. platform in Columbus, so yeah, just sort of a mixed mixed bag of <laughs> beers there. So at least, um, at least keeps it fresh. Totally. All right. So to understand the 2006-2007 Ohio State basketball team, sort of have to go back just a year. So Ohio State, that motto, he his first year came in the 2004-2005 season, and. Ohio State was under sanctions then from the Jim O'Brien era, but you can see some of the pieces starting to fall in place um, where they had a big win against the top-ranked Illinois team at the end of the regular season uh, to give Illinois their first loss. And then the following year, Ohio State was able to put together a season in which they were a two-seed in the NCAA tournament. And while they lost to Georgetown in the round of uh, – the round of 32, they you could see some of these pieces starting to come to place. But what made a lot of people around Columbus excited was who was coming in for the 2006-2007 season. You had Greg Oden, who was the top-ranked recruit in the country. Uh, his high school teammate, Mike Conley, a uh, five-star point guard. Daquan Cook out of Dayton. And David Lighty here from Ohio. So... One of the best recruiting classes in the country. So while usually football gets most of the headlines in Columbus, basketball is catching up. Uh, and 
Now, early in the season, some of that, even though Greg Oden was coming in, he didn't debut until early December because of wrist surgery during the offseason. So that muted a little bit of the excitement, but also the football team at the time was undefeated and had an international championship game. So, yeah, people were still excited about the basketball team, but they knew their time was going to come in after the football season ended. And you saw to start the season, the Buckeyes, they had, they won their first six games against the who's who really nobody in college basketball, but where they were first tested was in the ACC big 10 challenge against North Carolina. Now for that game, some of the expectations some of the excitement um, didn't quite materialize because Odin wasn't playing, but you still had a lot of talent on both sides of the basketball. Unfortunately, Ohio State couldn't end up uh, going down to Chapel Hill and getting the win. They, you could tell that they were, they were going to be a very talented team in a tough out in March. So from there, Ohio State, they first got Greg Odin in early December. And as soon as he played, as soon as they were playing, you could, he was just a man among children, essentially on the court there. And, well, he may he may have been forty, so yeah, we're still exactly. not sure. Yeah. <laughs> so even even in his first game that he played, you know, he put up a double double, even though it was against Valparaiso. But there, you could see that there was definitely why he was considered one of the best players in the country he, even really before he stepped foot on the college bas- <laughs> college basketball court so there's really no words that co- can go into describing how good how fun it was to watch Greg Oden and I'm sure for anybody fans of any team who were playing him it was increasingly frustrating to see a guy who looked like Bill Russell both <laughs> on court and physically, uh, how frustrating it was to have to see your team just dominated by him. Uh, <laughs> I mean, in terms of re- in terms of recruits, he's he's got to be. Even though he only played one season in Columbus, he's got to be one of the best recruits that Ohio State has ever gotten there. And Brett, how much uh, how much do you think um, Thad Mata paid him to come? <laughs> I mean, between him and Conley, there's a package deal. You know, it's it's going to be it had to be a good amount of cash there because yeah. a lot of teams are after both of them there. Don't uh, forget about it, Mark it, Titus. That, yeah, that had to increase the the total dollar amount. It, it probably helped that uh, it was they were both Conley and Odin were both from Indianapolis there, so it wasn't really a, a long trip trip for anybody any of their friends and family who wanted to come see them in Columbus. So uh, a little easier than going to like UCLA. <laughs> Although the weather would have been nicer in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> and now what I want now with all the uh, name engine and likeness uh, regulations have been passed. I just, I wonder how much both of them or really any of uh, Odin, Conley, Cook, um, how much they could have made while, even in their short time in college, because they, they were just such big players that almost were sure NBA stars. And 
one of them materialized and the other not so much, but still they they're synonymous with Ohio State now, even in their short amount of time. So now once once Odin started getting on the court and started playing, getting his rhythm, um, also probably getting back into game shape too. Uh, the T they're still Ohio State still wasn't in Big Ten play, but the schedule did toughen up a little bit, and they played uh, in-state rival Cincinnati, um, and I think they actually played them in Indianapolis, which is funny in itself. But <laughs> but um, you know they beat they beat the Bearcats, which they've made a habit of doing. It seems like, and the first aside from the North Carolina game, their, their first real big hiccup came right around Christmas when Ohio State went down to Florida and the Gators showed why they're defending national championships, national champions and beat the Buckeyes by 26 points in Gainesville. And it would be the first of a number of beatings, both on the basketball court and on the football field that the Buckeyes would suffer in the hands of the Gators, but we'll get a little more into that later. <laughs> So, um, but once, once Big Ten play started, um, really Ohio State, they were challenged at times, but you could tell that they were the, just the best team in the conference, really, which there was a lot of good teams in the conference there. You had Wisconsin, Michigan State, uh, and a number of other ones there, too, as well. So, it it was... You like with any year in playing in the Big Ten, you definitely get tested heading into March, and this this was good for the Buckeyes at least, where they weren't like some mid-major team where they were the class of the conference and just sort of rolled through the rolled through the regular season. They had a lot of tough games to get them ready to get them ready for what they knew or what they were hoping for was going to be a long um, a lot of games they'd be playing in March. And now, I know we touched on Odin and Connolly a little bit too, but the Buckeyes, they also did have some returning players who played a big role in the previous year's team. Most notably, uh, you had Jamar Butler, Ohio State's point guard, as well as Ron Lewis was a, who would be one of the Buckeyes' most important players down the stretch uh, in the 2006-2007 season there. So um, as you go, well, it must have been hard for them to have sort of take a back seat after playing such a big role in the previous year's team. It was nice to have sort of that veteran leadership to help lead them along the way too. So you had a nice mixture there. So and where now you you have a lot more like one and done guys where it was, you had those veteran guys to show them the ropes. We got to also at least mention that, uh, you know, Mark Titus is on the team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <As a freshman. laughs> I mean, one of the, uh, you know, one of the best buck guys ever, even though he, <laughs> he didn't, didn't really do much on the court, but just his impact of, you know, just being such a fan favorite. And it almost seemed like that was like, he was one of the first, of those guys to, you know, walk-ons who became, you know, fan favorites. And there was um, recently, like, Joey Lane was sort of similar, obviously not to Mark Titus' level, but, you know, yeah. it's, it, after after Titus, it seems like, you know, you get at least 
one of those guys trying to, in a way, replicate that role a little bit. And obviously not to the same success, but I mean, put their own spin on it too. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pat, I realized you left him off of the strong incoming freshman class rate Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> you couldn't put you couldn't find what number? Yeah, I know. I, six seven hundred and twenty or whatever it might have been. I fucked up on that. <laughs> Apologies to Mark. Uh, Mark with a uh, nine career points, only one point after his sophomore year. <laughs> which I didn't know. Normally that goes the other way, but uh well, yeah, that's because he started the uh, Club Trillion. I, I don't know what year that was. Um, whatever, whatever, how many minutes he played in zero, zero stats across the board. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, his junior year, two games. <laughs> Where he recorded nothing. Yep. Oh, uh, yep, two minutes. Um, you just mentioned the two times they got tested, they got rolled by Florida and, you know, they haven't, they hadn't passed necessarily one of those tests. At what point did you realize this team was unique and special? One of those games was actually where they stepped out of conference in, in mid January. Uh, and they beat Tennessee who was ranked in the top 15 at the time. They beat them 68 to 66 in Columbus. And while you know, you figure, all right, two-point win, you know, it, it is what it is. But what made it a little more impressive was in the previous game, Ohio State had gone up to Madison and lost to Wisconsin by three. And Wisconsin was ranked, I think, like third at the time. So, I mean, that was a real marquee matchup. And it would have been easy for the Buckeyes to just sort of, all right, felt sorry for themselves, maybe come back home, had a little lackluster performance where – they put it together and they got a big win there. Um, and the loss against Wisconsin was actually their their last loss in the regular season. And it sort of sparked a fire under them to, you know, as they went down the stretch there. Um, so they put together a long winning streak, which went in the postseason. There. And it's that's, I think, where they really saw where, you know, Find out what college basketball is all about there, where, you know, before in the non-conference part of the schedule, you know, you're sort of alternating back and forth between maybe, you know, North Carolina, but then you go play two, three games against lower tier competition. And where now you're getting into that groove of, all right, pretty much every game is going to be tough from here on out. And just seeing the, the freshmen as well as, you know, Lewis Butler and all them, you know, just respond to a little bit of adversity and come out on top. And from there, the, I mean, once they got that win against Tennessee, it was, you started to see the team really start putting it together. So, you know, you had a, a lot of, when you know next three wins were at least all by nine nine points at least nine points so you've beaten northwestern iowa and northwestern again there so um and then you brought, and then they brought in michigan state to which was another real close game so we're sort of going back to that you're this is Tom. you know you got tom Izzo coming in you know you know what he's doing i mean at the time michigan state wasn't a ranked team but i mean even when Michigan State's not ranked, you know, there always seem to be a tough out in there. So, you know, some some teams, you know, once you start winning 
you know, by a good amount, you know, it sort of goes in an autopilot and you get upset a little bit where, you know, somebody can come out of the blue and just beat you and where you're not expecting it, where, you know, again, you know, this sort of brought them back to earth a little bit, but they were still able to come out on top. So another good test heading into that, getting into that tournament mindset. Um, so, and from there, you just, and especially at that time, you had been, you've gotten Odin back for about a month. So the team really started to come together where at first, you know, you get Odin on the court and his talent, you know, just outshines everybody and he's able to do it. But now these guys have been playing together for a while now, and they're starting to learn where, you know, where they should be on the court, you know, executing better. So you see some of those turnovers, you know, they disappear, you know, they're a lot crisper too. So, and they start anticipating better. So, that's where you that's where you start seeing the growth in the team and that's that's where it got, you know, started to get exciting to watch um just knowing that you're you're seeing the start of a team that could be really really special i will say mark titus did not score another point once odin came back so he had scored a bunch early in the year and then he didn't afterwards so just saying if there's one thing holding holding the team back is mark's play went down once odin saw the court so he he, he took one for the team there you know he he, sacri- <laughs> he sacrificed his fame you know just so odin could shine and i mean ultimate I team feel, I, I feel like so i feel like that's been paid back though because with <laughs> that started all the club trillion and you know be, turned him into sort of a lovable internet you know celebrity in a way and he's still he, he's still making money off of that now these days which for a lot a lot of walk pretty much all the walk-ons anymore <laughs> you know aspire to have just sort of longevity just in anything <laughs> that mark titus has had another thing that really was great about this team was you you saw the earlier sort of early years of Dad Mata's coaching at Ohio State too, where it's it left on a bit of a sour note just because the team they missed a couple of NCAA tournaments at towards the end. They weren't quite as competitive as they had been in the recruiting. Um you you saw guys a lot of guys transfer end up transferring out of the program. So I mean even though it was a tough end to his career at Ohio State we'll always remember sort of this, you know, where it started and how he took a, took a program that was dealing with sanctions from the Jim O'Brien era. And he didn't let it, you know, just like completely fall apart or anything. Cause they were, they were competitive from when he first came in and the first, his first season, they were ineligible for the tournament. They still won 20 games. And, and then the second year they, there's the 0506 season where they went to the tournament and then and then you lead into this year and you just you saw him putting starting to put a stamp on the program and and showing them that all right we're back you know we're trying to get back to the final four you know sort of like you had seen when Jim Jackson and Scooty Penn were there and you know we're not going to play second fiddle to the football team anymore here you know we're going to we're going to put on, put out competitive teams that people want to come see. So that was exciting too at the time because for for a while it's just Columbus all about football. Where now this gave him something to talk about in February and March, you know, as opposed to 
you know, just spending all that time thinking about national signing day and what's going on with the spring game. So it was, it was a nice little change there too, to be able to mix that in. And spend less time thinking how depressing it was to lose by 30 to Florida in the national title game. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Less time to try and like figure out if we're medical experts and we could have figured out if Ted Ginn would have <laughs> would, would have still broken his leg had Roy Hall not jumped on his back or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's not like we really had much much excitement in Columbus otherwise with Blue Jackets hockey because at the time <laughs> they were at the bottom of the barrel. So I mean, it, it was just you know it was nice to add something else besides football to the mix. Even though I love football, you know I can only look at recruiting for about five minutes before being like, all right, I need something more than this. <laughs> yeah. But the, as we move along in the season here, you hit the road for a couple of games against Purdue and then against Michigan State again. You know, a little easier wins than those, you know, than the, like I mentioned, the Michigan State game here in Columbus. They beat the Spartans by nine. Um, and then you didn't really see Ohio State's next big test until from actually an unsurprising sort of um, opponent, which on Valentine's Day in February, uh, in February there, they went to Penn State and only won by two. Now, it was, what made it surprising is at the time Penn State was 10 and 14. And nowadays, we Ohio State fans actually don't find that as surprising because it seems like Anytime Ohio State plays Penn State in basketball these days, no matter what the record is, the Nittany Lions make life a living hell for the Buckeyes. And I don't know what it is about not only, you know, playing them here in Columbus, but especially going to State College. It just, it's, I wish I had an answer for it because it seems like either Penn State always finds a way to make everything they're shooting against the Buckeyes uh, or just, or just find a way to slow Ohio State down when they, when they come into the game looking so dominant. So <laughs> that's just, it's in a strange way, Penn State basketball is Ohio State's Achilles heel lately. <laughs> and even back then, it, you know, it's, I feel like that was sort of almost the beginning of, you know, the, the sort of struggles that, you know, you didn't really think that a team with Conley, Odin, Daquan Cook, and everybody else there was going to have such such a problem with a team that was more towards the bottom of the Big Ten. But and, it, and that's also college basketball ball for you in general now. Um, you you see that even more these days because there's a little more parity in the talent where you don't have it where guys. St- stay around quite as long with schools, it seems. And you're going to see even more of the transfer portal, which wasn't nearly as prevalent back in, back in the 06, 07 season, but, but it's, you always get those sleeper games and uh, kudos to Penn state for, you know, actually, you know, making it a game. And Can you name actually, one person from that Penn state team? I, I can't. Without I, looking mean, it up. I, I want to say, I mean, but the, just only Penn State name that comes off the top of my head is Taylor Battle, but I I'm pretty sure that's like maybe like five years later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, I, it's I I don't even know who the coach I I don't even know who the coach was. I know it was like lately it was Pat Chambers, but he's gone now. And um, but yeah, I don't even 
I couldn't tell you. <laughs> if my life depended on me naming a player from the 0607 Penn State team, I'd be dead. <laughs> Let's hope it doesn't come down to that time. No, I hope not either. <laughs> but yeah, definitely, you know, even even without a Conley and an Oden, you know, you probably wouldn't expect Ohio State to struggle quite with a 10 and 14 team like Penn State at the time, but you know. That's just the, just like at the Bryce Jordan Center sometimes, it seems like. <laughs> so after that, the Buckeyes got, you know, back on track with a couple more, a couple more wins by at least more than two points until they had a big rematch with, this is probably the standout regular season Big Ten game of the year. When they, it was their uh, regular season home finale in Columbus and Wisconsin came in as the top-ranked team in the country. And not only did the Badgers have the win back in Madison in January, the three-point win, um, to go on. Now, I guess in a way, like, a little more now Ohio State to play that Illinois team in 2004-2005, which was the top-ranked team, but obviously they didn't have the cast that they did this year in their regular season home finale. And it was like one of those true big 10 games. You know, it, it, the, the scoreline would have made you, you know, it, it's one of those, you know, almost like you explain it like a 10, seven big 10 football game, you know, it's just real rough. You know? <laughs> you know, points were at a premium and Buckeyes ended up beating the Badgers 49 to 48. Um, sort of get that to not only take down the top ranked team in the country, but they would go on to uh, take over the top spot in the rankings. So they definitely earned that one and close out their final game in Columbus of the season in style with with a real, real tough win over um, a Wisconsin team that always comes to play, no matter who's, whether it's Bo Ryan, Greg Gard, Dick Bennett, whoever's coaching them. You know, they, they just have that style that frustrates people a lot of times. But, and then just to close out the regular season, you go up and you beat your rival Michigan in the, um, up in Ann Arbor there. Um, an, another close game, a four-point win. So, but, you know, you take a couple real big wins into the Big Ten tournament there um, as you're riding a 14-game winning streak. And at the time, we're sitting there and, we're, you know, Obviously, we're looking at it with, you know, before we had national title, you know, aspirations, but, you know, after being able to see this team play together for, you know, a number of months, you know, our we had more excitement just heading into that Big Ten tournament and knowing, knowing the NCAA tournament's just, just a couple weeks away. So... Going to the Big Ten tournament with only... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. One conference loss, you're, you know, your top seed. So you get a little bit easier path. You know, you get that buy. So you got to play three games and stuff for there for some teams. And the Buckeyes took care of business as, as they should have in the tournament there. Um, 
again, coming back and playing Michigan in the first game at the United Center there in Chicago, beating them by 10, taking down Purdue, next game by nine, and then another rematch with Wisconsin. But this time, unlike the first two, um, this one was a little more lopsided. So you can tell that the Buckeyes found found their style, uh, found how to play against Wisconsin, exploit them, uh, and they ended up winning win that game by, like, like 15 points in there. So put the, gave the selection committee, you know, if there was any questions about from the selection committee, they really put them to rest with that win over Wisconsin, who was, who was ranked third in the country at the time. Um, and this is where a lot of the fun begins. You know? <laughs> so, I mean, you know, all leading up to this, you know, everybody knows March madness. And, you know, if you're a fan of the team, a fan of the team involved in it, just how much, how much excitement, you know, just even from when those brackets are released to when your team plays the first game there. So it's just, it seems, it's almost like waiting for the, waiting for the uh, brackets is like making your Christmas list in a way. And then the tip off of the games, is like actually getting able to open your Christmas presents and being, <laughs> being able to see what you got. <laughs> what was your uh, feeling going into it? You know, your number one overall ranked team. We, you know, we knew that we had the talent to be able to win the tournament there. Um, now, what scared me a little bit was just the youth that the Ohio State had compared to like a Florida who had won the tournament the year before, um, and they returned a lot of a lot of guys, a lot of um, veteran guys too. Uh, and I mean, there's there's some other guy other teams in there who you know, Ohio State would end up matching up against too. Did did worry me a, l- a little bit. Um, so, I mean, I knew Ohio State had the talent to win it, but just as we've seen so many times, you know, that's only going to get you so far. I mean, you get, you, you got to go out there and play and not and play good basketball. I mean, even most recently this year, the Buckeyes, they um, they drew a two seed in the tournament and ended up losing the first round to Oral Roberts. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, the, you know it's getting, a, getting high seeds one thing to actually – showing that you're worthy of it, you know, going out there and playing that, that's a whole different story. But I mean, yeah. that, you know, this, this team was unlike any Ohio state team that I really can remember, even, even from, you know, in the following years, I mean, you had the team a few years later with, um, that was a top seed with, uh, Jared Sollinger, John Deebler, David Lighty from this team, Aaron Kraft, all them. And they go out and lose in the Sweet 16 to, I mean, a really good Kentucky team. There's no shame in it. But, I mean, with that team, we we all thought this team deserved to go farther. But that's just that's just the nature of the one-and-done college basketball tournament, you know. <laughs> that, that's what makes the March Madness just so, so crazy and lovable, is anybody can win at any time and – you know, you've even seen a 16 seed win a game since since then too. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's becoming even more predictable as we speak. But and then, of course, with the once you get into the tournament, there being being a one seed. Now, I know I just said that even a 16 seed would one, but. Yeah, I mean, we're one seed, and I wasn't quite thinking that <laughs> Ohio State would be really tested, especially with the cast of uh, players that they had. And in that first in that first round, they really weren't in that, against the 16, who was um, Central Connecticut State. Um, 
I don't even know what their mascot is. It's probably something with blue devils or something. I don't know. That's that's how much that's how little we thought of Central Connecticut State. I don't even know if I've thought about much leading up to the game, but um so yeah, that that was they ended up winning that by twenty one, thought you're sort of standard, you know, one sixteen blowout there. Now where things started to get interesting was where is in the next game. For a number of reasons. The biggest one of the biggest reasons was Ohio State was playing Xavier from down, from the Cincinnati area. And they don't really play I think they and they just scheduled a um matchup for this year. Um and during the regular season, but I don't think they've ever played during the regular season before that. So, you know, about the only times they're going to see each other is in the NCAA tournament, which we saw this year. Now, what it made it even, <laughs> what added the excitement of the game was it fell on St. Patty's Day. So here comes personal story time. <laughs> so you have a Saturday, St. Patty's Day in Ohio State. They were that first, the, the, the way the the NCAA tournament is on the weekends. It's like, all right, you have that noon game or whatever, the first game, and then they staggered along there. So Ohio State Xavier was the only game on at the time. And me and some friends, we ventured on a little St. Patrick's Day bar crawl. (laughs) (laughs) And that started about 930. Uh, (laughs) So we got a – and what we planned to do was – so we we started pregame at – this one bar in Columbus, um, just uh, like South, South Campus area. It's Lucky Stout House Irish Bar, so of course, which, and sadly, it, it will soon be closing. But so I just had to mention that. And by the time this airs, it might be closed. But um, great place for great memories. And then from there, really close to it is Fry Ohio Columbus's best dive bar, which is the Beer Stew. Not many TVs in there, at least back in 2000, 2006, 2007. <laughs> there wasn't many TVs in there. There's a few more since. But, uh, so we're watching – our plan was we're going to watch the first half there, and then we're going to go to a little bigger establishment for the second half. Um, and so, yeah. First, you know, it was pretty close in the first half there. So And then we ventured out to – at the time it was called Panini's, and now it's something else. I don't even remember, but – this is like a giant place with, you know, true like sort of sports, sportsy, campusy, dancey bar type thing. A lot of TVs, but there weren't many people in there, which is sort of surprising. So, um, so yeah, we're in this, you know, we're pretty much just running around the whole bottom floor area there. And, you know, in a way, living and dying by every shot. And for most of the second half, we felt like we wanted to die just because Ohio State fell behind Xavier and for a while it looked like Odin Conley and the Buckeyes were going to get upset because Ohio State was down with about four minutes to go. They were down nine points and that, and that's when unheralded Ron Lewis took over where he scored for, I think it was about at least seven of last Ohio State's last 12 points to get the Buckeyes to force overtime and then just that talent, especially in the overtime, Mike Conley too. You know that's where they, that's where the Buckeyes put a little distance on Xavier and were able to 
win by seven over over the Musketeers. So, and it's sort of like we dodged a bullet there. Still, one of the probably most exciting. I mean, most gut wrenching, I should say, tournament games that I've ever watched. Just because you factor in all that, not only was it a game that Ohio State looked like it was going to be upset, but there was a lot of alcohol flowing through me at the time. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, heighten those emotions even more. And the uh, the rest of the night, I mean, add in the victory and even more alcohol. <laughs> it, it, there was, yes, there it, it, it got pretty ugly by the end of it in terms of the stories I heard about the things I did. <laughs> Apparently I thought like one of our friends was on the couch and I was telling him he had to like get up and get on a plane to go home. Cause it was like spring, it was getting around spring break. And, and like my one roommate's like, do you, there's nobody on the couch. You're just <laughs> 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 so yeah yeah that was and shockingly we had another buddy who you know we had to take him home at like you know like walk him home at like four in the afternoon because he was just so far gone by that time and you know it was chore just like he kept trying to run away from us too and we're like no you'd be better you know you'd be safer at home. <laughs> that was a whole other deal on itself so <laughs> That is St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, yeah. <laughs> Anymore, it's like, all right, I'm happy to skip St. Patrick's Day. I, I did enough in, in like, you know, my 20s, you know. And, and there's been a couple of times where I rem- an Ohio State game, a tournament game, fell on another, um, most recently when D'Angelo Russell was on the team. And they played, it was VCU in the, uh, when they played in the first round. That fell on a St. Patty's Day. And, yeah, I was at at a bar in one of the Columbus suburbs and, you know, somebody I know, like, or the people at the bar just kept buying, you know, whole bar Irish breakfast, you know, and like, you know, <laughs> by the time I, the time I get to the game, I had like four Irish breakfasts and, you know, and then another guy, you know, kept buying scotch too. And I'm, I'm just like, I can't even focus on this. <laughs> so, so yeah. It's a long, it's a long day. <laughs> exactly. That, that one was a little tougher because that was more like a, one of those like, Ha- game was around happy hours, you know. At least with the at least with the Ohio State Xavier one, you know, or you, you know, you start at noon and then you know whatever happens, you know, it's either all downhill from there, win or lose, because you're just gonna get plastered. <laughs> or this one, it's like, all right, you sort of got a the sort of happy hour later night games, you know. It's like, all right, you gotta pace yourself, you know. You can't be blacked out by the tip off. And what's what fun's that gonna be? Unless <laughs> 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 they lose and you don't remember it, and it's like, oh, it never happened. <laughs> so, and it, it, here we are sitting there thinking that uh, okay, yeah, we we survived our survived our real true, you know, scare, you know, it's like, all right, we got Tennessee coming up next, you know, we, we beat them by two in Columbus, but that was like two months ago and playing so much better by then. And, and with that game, the sweet 16 game, that one was, I feel, I can't remember for sure, but I feel like at one point Ohio state was down by like 20 points in that game and to Tennessee. And, and this one we want, me and me and some friends and roommate we watched i think we watched at home and then like once we actually like okay they completed the comeback or we might have watched the first half at home went to you know during halftime we're like all right you got to switch it up we're going to the bar (laughs) but somehow some way the buckeyes they ended up you know coming back in that game too which i mean 
that one was a real, I mean, while the Xavier game was scary, I mean, this one, as, as, during it, you know, I'm like, this is where it really ends, though. I mean, you know, all right, they can come back by 10 against Xavier, but I don't know if they got it, you know, are, are going to be able to do it against Tennessee. And, you know, you know, Tennessee's a good team, you know, talented team. You know, they took Ohio State to the limit before, and, you know, now they're really taking it to them this time. This is where this is where the year ends. And, you know, kudos, kudos to Ohio State and being able to uh, regroup and turn things around and actually – get another real real tough win you know one of those memorable comeback wins you know you have two of them right in a row and <laughs> you're like all right i want to keep moving on to the tournament but i don't want to <laughs> i i don't know if i'm gonna be able to survive them if every game's like this <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah totally but, yeah it's it you know that's that's just the fun of a deep tournament run i mean you you get a lot of you get a lot of these games where they're it's just you know, anything can happen. That's like I said earlier, that's just what makes, what makes it great. And, and so next year uh, from there, you know, you get, you get Tennessee, you beat them. Now you got to play Memphis, which it wasn't quite to the Memphis that, you know, like where, you know, Derek Rose and all them, um, you know, where they're going to the title game, but you could tell Memphis was on the way up under John Calipari there. And, um, and I feel now being that it was 14 or so years ago, it's still a foggy in terms of, I remember that game being like a real, at least in the first half, it seemed like a real foul fest. And, you know, I, I think Odin was in foul trouble, you know, there and some of the other guys too. And, but I it sort of rings a bell where maybe like Memphis was missing a bunch of free throws and, you know, but this one definitely, Ohio State ended up pulling away, you know, to to earn a spot in the Final Four, uh, and you know this 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 one, you know, they end up winning ninety two to seventy six against against the Tigers there, and all right, we're like, all right, we survived those scares. Now we got a we got a big win in there, so now you know, clinch that spot in the Final Four, and you know, we could, you know, this team really, we thought they could go all the way, but you know, it's not, you know. Now it's becoming even greater of a possibility that you know this they really going to be able to do it, and and we pretty much knew Odin Conley they weren't going to be in Columbus for that long. So you know if they were able to you know go all the way and make most of that one year, I mean how lucky would we be? <laughs> I mean not that Ohio State sports needs any luck, but you know <laughs> at least on the basketball court, you know this is all right. We're just like all right, this is where we come you know, return to national powers, you know, in a way, you know, even more, you know, probably more than ever before. Obviously you guys are playing Georgetown next, but across the table, you got UCLA who's in the final four the year before Florida who won it the year before, and also just beat you in football uh, a few months earlier in the national title game. And just, this is almost as good of a final four as you could have asked for if you were just a neutral basketball fan. Obviously the talent was there, but did you think the youth would catch up or did you, were you guys confident? Like, no, we're different than, than everyone else because we have Odin. We had, cause we have Conley. I was confident that they could get to the title game. Um, I was sort of hoping that UCLA would beat Florida. So <laughs> I wouldn't even have to like deal with that in, 
any any sort of way. I'm just like, just get rid of them before we even have the chance, you know. And, and it's and not only did you have that like 26 point loss in December to the Gators in Florida, but you know after after what they did on did to the Buckeyes in the football field too. Like, yeah, that was almost a 26 point loss there too. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, oh great, what, what's going to happen with this now? You know? But um, no, I mean, I was I. I, I was like, all right, just get to the championship game, and you know what happens there is what happens there. You know, it's like maybe this could be different. Third time's a charm, I guess, in a way. You know, and and I I knew that if I had a feeling like if they did play Florida in the title game, which you know um, that they could, they'd have a better shot than when they first matched up in the season because I mean it's gonna be on a neutral court. You're gonna you where in the first matchup, Odin was probably like his fifth or sixth game back, you know, he's still working his way back in the, in the shape, you know, fucking shape, you know, and then just playing with a new bunch of guys too. So, you know, that was, it was, I, I knew it was gonna be tough, but I knew they, they had a chance, you know, they had a chance to do it. So it just, it was also getting through Georgetown, which, I think it was Roy Hibbert they had at the time too. I mean, that's just sort of battle of the bigs, you know, which one's gonna which one's gonna come out on top. Um, so that was it was it, it was an interesting game there because it's and I I think I remember like the Buckeyes didn't really start playing off good, but and we were watching and we watched it at we're, me and my roommates and a couple of friends watched it at our place on campus there and I think I was like sitting in the sitting in our living room for the first half and things weren't going so well. So I like cashed up and I'm like, all right, well, we just open the window here and I'll sit outside and then just prop my feet up on the <laughs> open window and just watch through the window. I'm like, yeah, maybe a new, new outlook will change that things. And sure enough, that worked. <laughs> <laughs> so, which I adopted that for the national championship game, but <laughs> didn't, didn't quite get lightning to strike twice with that one. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you get sort of superstitious as a fan. If, if something, you know, works and <laughs> why change it? But, but uh, that was, you know, it, it was a tight game for most of it. And that's one of those ones where, you know, Ohio state just, Pulled away a little bit at the end. and got that, you know, in, in their first title game since, and I, I almost want to say back when they won it, like 1960. I think, I think that was their last title game that they, that they last one I can remember at least. <laughs> well, I don't remember the 61 because I wasn't. <laughs> but <laughs> but no, nah, I mean, that's in in there too. It's also at least compared to like football where you're like. All right, you have back then it was like you have like a month plus to you know think about Florida and playing them and all this and that. At least with the NCAA tournament, it's like all right, you only got to worry about them for like two days. You know, <laughs> you Saturday to Monday, it's like okay, <laughs> you know they you know Florida can only live in my head for for those two days and that, whatever happens happens. If if <laughs> if Ohio State loses to them, then I've been there before. If, if they win, then I don't care about Florida. I just care about winning the title. Yeah. <laughs> so, but and I wish I wish this story had a happy ending. But as we, as anybody who knows college basketball, they they know that yeah, that it's Florida's core of you know guys that they had, you know, they might not might not have like the top end talent of like 
Odin or Conley, they ended up, you know, they just played better team basketball there. Um, and, you know, you could tell that they've been playing with each other for years and they, you know, it was tough for anybody to beat them, and especially, and that even, even a team with the talent that Ohio State had, you know, just, it really didn't have a chance against them. I mean, it wasn't quite the blowout of when they played in December, but it also wasn't really all that close a game either. <laughs> so it's, it seemed like it like was right around that, like, you know, anywhere from well, 10 to 15 point margin for pretty much the whole game. You know, the Buckeyes, it seemed like, you know, they might make a little bit of a round, but they couldn't get anywhere close. You know, it's one of those games felt like where you remember like, Oh yeah. They, they cut it down to like, Hey, oh yeah, maybe they could keep doing it, and then all of a sudden, you know, Florida just hits a few more, a few big shots, and it's like you're back to like twelve or thirteen. You're like, oh, that well, so much for that. <laughs> so I mean, just well, hats off to Florida. I mean, they they were able to they did it two years in a row, which you know you don't really in any sport these days you don't really see back to back champions, and and then you know. Even if you do, it's, you know, usually professional guys, but, you know, for a bunch of college guys to do it, you know, that's even, and to deal with everything else they're dealing with, you know, school, all that, and, you know, it, it's, it's just pretty, it, it's even more impressive to me. And, and I know the funny thing is too, like, well, Florida won it twice in a row. They weren't quite able to do it three times in a row because both of us ended up <laughs> ended up in the NIT the next season there. So, but <laughs> it would have been funny to get Ohio State Florida in the NCAA championship game one year, and the next year get Ohio State Florida in the NIT championship <laughs> the the following year, which we didn't quite get that. And I, it would have been a little bit of bragging rights for Ohio State, but definitely not nearly the same. I guess now all we have over Florida is, all right, well, we got to admire from you, I guess. And <laughs> that was okay for a couple of years and then things got really weird. So <laughs> I don't know how much of a victory that was, but at least the Buckeyes got a championship and some sport out of it. <laughs> but where, where, uh, would you, where would you rank Florida on your most hated programs? Oh, man. Um, I mean, obviously, as a Buckeye fan, you gotta you gotta rank Michigan first, even though you. I mean, then again, you for the last, especially in football field, you know, for the last like fifteen years, you've just destroyed them. Which, yeah, that's <laughs> that makes it. You know, even though you hate them, it's like oh, you sort of hate them. Like I hate you, but I sort of feel sorry for you too. But with Florida, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just like they beat you in the in the biggest games they could. You know, that's always tough to stomach. I mean, now Ohio State since then has come back and, you know, they won a few regular season games against Florida in basketball. And I know they played in football in some meaningless bowl game in Florida won, but, you know, I mean, that's, yeah, for that sort of couple year stretch there, I mean, yeah, Florida was, <laughs> Florida almost took that spot over Michigan for me just because they actually beat. Buckeyes and real big games. <laughs> so, yeah, it was definitely was not fun anytime you saw the Gator. You know, it's like you got anytime you saw him on any schedule, you know, mostly it was basketball, but it's just like, oh no, here we go again. I better start preparing myself mentally for disappointment, you know. So, 
So yeah, they, yeah, the, yeah, that, definitely out of non-conference teams, Florida, Florida took the cake. Fourteen years later, now, how would you sum up the Greg Oden, Mike Conley, Mark Titus one year? Uh, run and what what does it mean to you, and what do you think it means to the program now? Uh, to make that run in 07? Man, out of I mean, now what they did on the court at Ohio State was great. Um, and then you know, you add in a couple other guys too. Daquan Cook, he was he had big moments for the Buckeyes, went on to play, you know, had a respectable NBA career. You know, I think he played like seven years in the league, which is a lot more than anybody else could say. And I mean, then you had, you know, other guys from that team, like you're like a David Lighty and um, who would go on to play in a number of other Ohio state teams. And even like a lady there, he went on and brought what he learned in his first year there to following teams. And you saw how that, you know, he was like the glue guy, you know, for for them. So, I mean, that was huge too. I mean, you you had that, you know, the star power of Odin, and while he was only there for a year, I mean, brought tons of notoriety to the pro- program. You you have Mike Conley, who, I mean, in the last at least twenty years, he's the most, at least in the NBA, he's be, he's been the most accomplished Buckeye. I mean, yeah, Michael Red too, but. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, you go and you just, and you look at Mike Conley too. He's one of the most respected guys in the NBA. I mean, for, I think for the longest time, he was like, he didn't even have a technical, you know, so all around good guy, you know, and for him, it's, it seems like all his career too, even in the NBA, it's like, all right, he goes to the title game with Ohio state there. And then he's been had numerous, you know, been a really good teams in the NBA, but hasn't quite made it you know, hasn't gotten his title yet there too. So you're just sort of hoping, wanting him to finally get one too. And I know this year he just became an all-star for the first first time, but I mean, just to spend, I mean, he's been in the league, you know, 13, 14 years too, which I mean, that, that's amazing. I mean, seeing him as, you know, when you mention alumni, you know, he's got to be one of the first, first guys you mentioned too, because just because of what he's done there. Um, and then it really, it really helped to, um, put that motto in the, you know, of the upper echelon of coaches too, because you could see that he could recruit and then he could coach, you know, some guys it's either one or the other, they can't recruit or they can't coach, you know, and uh, he could do both. And, you know, for, for a while there too, he had, you know, he had some down years, you know, which, but when he was, when his teams were good, they were really good. You know, he's got a couple final fours under his belt. Um, yeah, you know, he's been to the Elite Eight, Sweet Sixteen. So, I mean, a real accomplished coach. So, it just, just all them together, res- in a way, rescued what the program back to a little bit more of respectability from what you saw happen under Jim O'Brien and the sanctions that came out with that. So, I mean, it's like they all came together at the right time just to, just to sort of be steady the program. And then, and then, of course, you know, Mark Titus, you know, nothing, you, we can't say enough about Mark Titus either. So, <laughs> <laughs> Mark, that's an open invite if you want to come join the pod <laughs> and give your version of the year as well. <laughs> there you have it. 
That is the story. And these are the college basketball stories. Is it 100% accurate? Yeah, that sounds right. Follow us on Twitter at the CBB Stories. Also, see all of our inebriated storytelling podcasts as part of the Stories Podcast Network at the Stories Pods on Twitter as our guests rewrite the past across various sports. Alcoholic drinks are consumed voluntarily by our guests at their own discretion. Please drink responsibly. Five of the top nine picks that year were Ohio State, Florida, or Georgetown picks. Like, wow. were, like it was that good of a class. Yeah, um, man, that's crazy. Yeah, unbel- it was yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, because I know we. I think uh, Odin was one. Conley was like four. Um, I know Cook was like in the twenties um, there. Twenty-one. I, yeah. Yeah. yeah so. He did not play long at all. I did not realize that until I looked it up. Um, he didn't last as many years as I thought he did. Yeah, I was um, thinking. I think he was like college for like two, maybe, and then it, it, it seemed like he stretched a little in the NBA, like five or six seasons, and then Indiana, he, and, and then like a few and a season or two in Los Angeles, and <laughs> he last he, he lasted, lasted six, six, but yeah, um, but yeah, it was it, Odin, Durant, and then went Horford, Mike Conley, Jeff Green was on that Georgetown team. Uh, then Brewer went seven and Noah went nine. Uh, so you know, all those guys in the final four. A couple, a couple of those years after the, after the like Odin class were the lost years in a way. Well, I mean, I think they did win the NIT the following year, but you know, it's the NIT. What are you really, <laughs> what are you going to do with that? But, and then the, like the next year was like even worse where, you know, they had a run where they didn't even make the tournament. Yeah, I guess you, you you play fourteen games freshman year when you have Odin and Conley leading the way, and you're up thirty for half of the season. I uh, I kind of take offense to the NIT slander since Dayton Dayton won, won <laughs> the NIT in 2010. So um, I think I don't I don't take kindly to that. <laughs> this is the picture of Thad that showed up in like right away. That's a hell of a. <laughs> that's a that's a hell of a, a top profile picture for Thad Mata. Oh god, oh, that's crazy. He's got the. I think it was the zero. Either Jared Sullinger or D'Angelo Russell, one of the two. Yeah, <laughs> it looks like it fits more like a D'Angelo Russell jersey than a <laughs> Jared Sullinger. Hundred percent does. Oh, he's even got the shoes on. If you. Uh... Oh wow! Unbelievable! <laughs> Unbelievable! That's awesome. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers: hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.